Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO. Well, maybe not the four quarters a lot of us thought we were going to see tonight or this afternoon in Kinnick Stadium, but certainly a final score any Hawkeye fan would have signed up for. Welcome to Jethro Sound Off here on News Radio 1040 WHO. Bit of a different look tonight. You'll notice Travis not in the captain's chair. He's actually in Italy. We still have Sean Roberts uh, controlling the show, so we'll keep things out of the ditch and improvement. From the schmuck Travis Justice to former Hawkeye great, former NFL veteran or NFL what what's your what's your veteran, title? Yes. Veteran, yes. Three year vet. Derek Pegel in studio. Dude, I've been lucky enough to get to know the last couple of years and call friend. What's up, man? Not much. It's been about a year, I think, since I've been in here. What's going on with you? Sean, what's going on back there? Just living life. Just living it's life. Good to be back here today. Two eight four ten forty is the phone number. We already have some folks lined up. We're coming up against the top of the hour here, so we'll just take a couple of minutes. Uh, but Tom, John, and Indiana, some of our great callers already on hold. You guys hang out for just a moment. We'd love to get your impression of this game. Uh, Derek, one of the things I have a feeling we're going to be talking about today, it, it was brought up last year, or last week, I'm sorry, with the Michigan State game, and it was brought up again today, not only at halftime, but then after the game, about this team kind of coming out a little bit flat. And this is why I'm so glad to have you here, man, because you've been in that situation. So how do you explain that? I mean, it it almost seemed like the Hawks, against what seemed like an inferior opponent, you look at the final score, it was, they just looked flat coming out of the gate today. As a former player, how do you explain that? I think it's it's a common theme in Iowa right now is is – them halftime scores are we're going to be up down three points going into yeah. halftime and you can end up winning by 20 points even if you're an 18 20 point favored it may finish that way but at halftime it's going to be a ball game um so i don't consider us slow starters i just feel like at the at the university that with with kirk's program it's uh, like getting in a dogfight and just dragging someone down with you and just slowly beating them up. That's a really good way to put it. I was saying that on our Jethro's uh, uh, Sound Off Facebook posts throughout the game that I felt like that was part of the game plan. Very early on, you saw them trying several different things with the running game, and it looked like they were just kind of like a boxer, kind of leaning on that defensive front for Illinois and wearing them down. It worked out. Hawks score 21 unanswered points in that fourth quarter and walk away with a 45-16 lead. Phone lines are already filling up. 284-1040. It's Jethro's Sound Off here on WHO. Well, the game may be over, but the best Hawkeye analysis is just getting started. This is the Jethro's Barbecue Sound Off. Ross Peterson and Travis Justice are taking your calls. Sound Off. This is your home for the Hawkeyes. News Radio 1040, WHO. A 45 16 win for the Hawkeyes moves them to 4 2 on the season. Of course, dropping to uh, just 1 2 in the Big Ten. But we'll work on that as we get through the bye week. Bye week next week in Northwestern Looming on the 21st. Derek Pagel sitting in for Travis Justice here on a Jethro Sound Off. 284-1040 is where you can find us, and we're going to get things started right away. Tom from North Liberty got back into the flow of things, man. We missed you last week. You got beat a couple weeks here in a row, but you're back first in line. Way to go, Tom. Yeah, back first in line. Well, I was in East Lansing last weekend, so I you know, had to uh, figure out when you guys were going to be on. But, hey, before we get into the game, I just want to say I don't know how we can have 
Gary Dolphin on the radio with the finest salad in college football on top of his head. And then we got to listen to that clown Jim Albrecht before games, man. We talked about this, Ross. we got to get rid of that guy. Come on. Help me out here. But anyway, let's get to it. Uh, I will say, and since Derek's in the studio, this really plays into what I want to talk okay. about today. Having Brandon Snyder back today and teaming him with Imani Hooker in the back, in the you know, at safety position, that's the way they need to go forward. Because I don't think Miles Taylor is getting it done this year. Man, Brandon. Those two at the back end, I think we'll continue to see better play out of the secondary. So uh, that's, that's all I really got to say. And I will talk to you guys from Evanston uh, in two weeks. Go Hawks. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, again, man, great uh, great week to have you sitting in here with me, Derek Bagel, because Brandon Snyder makes this miraculous return. We kind of saw this coming. Some of the guys that uh, that cover this program on a daily basis and see practice, they anticipated that this was going to be the case. None of those guys, Mark Emmert, Chad Lysico from the Des Moines Register, Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com, none of them thought Brandon Snyder would be starting, thought he'd see some limited action today. Not only did the guy start, he had an amazing first quarter. So, first of all, let me ask you about that. The return from an ACL injury six months after it happens. How's that happen? I think it's a lot of hard work and dedication on his behalf. Uh, hours in upon hours sitting in the training room. Um, diet, nutrition, taking care of yourself. I'm sure Chris Doyle had him on the right program. Yeah. Slowly getting him back into things. But uh, it's good to see a, the, the solid performance first day back. Because uh, I get jitterbugs coming in here just to do radio. I'm sure he had jitterbugs going into his first game for this season, on top of the thought of, like, hey, I'm coming off a major injury. Uh, is that going to slow me down? Could I re-injure my knee, you know, my knee again? Yeah. Um, I thought he played very well for for first game back. Yeah, and had I a nice did. little return uh, touchdown there, too. Right. I was jealous yeah. of that one. <laughs> yeah. you, it brought back some memories of you, right? It did. It brought back some memories. I saw him. Uh, I was a little upset that it, I think it was maybe 20 or 30 yards. I have to check the stats. 20 or 30 yards longer than mine was. But uh, it's good to see. And here's the thing, too. is It's good for him to do that and get that big play under his belt because yeah. that will calm him down. If he had any jitters or any nerves, and was, whatever questions he had, that's a great way to make that big play. Re- regain your confidence yeah. in yourself being on the field in those situations and move forward. When you are in that position, you're also kind of the quarterback of that secondary, in a little way a quarterback of the defense, right? And so how do you jump back into that? It would seem like that's the type of position where you would walk a guy back into it slowly. They threw him out there on the in the first series and he played great. Is that just a byproduct of him having been a big part of the sideline movements these last couple I, weeks? I think that's the confidence the staff has in him as, as a player. Yeah. And it's Funny, two years ago, I, I did the show with you, and you'd ask, what walk-ons, Derek? You were walking, you got the eye on any walk-ons? And, and I, I said, yeah, the, the Snyder kid. Yes, uh, for some reason, I, I met his dad, and I'm like, this Snyder kid, I think, is going to be a ball player. And um, I think he took all the, the appropriate steps, started off on the special teams, made some plays, got on the field, yeah. and is now has got the confidence to play You know, with, with the big guys in the, in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the good story that we should focus on today. I'm sure there's going to be a few critical fans that are going to call in and find some things to pick apart. In that first half, there were plenty to do so. One of the great calls we get every week comes from Indiana. It's our buddy John. He joins us now on Jethro Sound Off. John, thanks for calling WHO, man. How are you? Ross, it is great to hear from you, uh, and Derek Pagel, the pride of Nashua Plainfield. <laughs> hey, I like it. Oh, I and I, I forgot something, John, in his bio. He's author, Derek Pagel, also. Has the book, Growing Up Hawkeye. That was how I met you, because you wrote the book, That's and you true. were kind of doing yeah, the thing. Yeah, gave a little advertisement through you. to, to get, Got a good plug from you to get it out there. And, yeah, it's uh, a great book, man. We had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, so yeah, well, that, that's, that's who we've got here, John. Former, 
Let's not forget former New York Jet. We're going to get – how about this? He spent last weekend at a Legends weekend for the New York Jets. He, he thinks they may have sent the invitation to the wrong address. <laughs> <laughs> but I gladly accepted. <laughs> we'll get to that a little uh, bit later, John. What do you got for us, man? Uh, obviously, you know, I like to, to dig into Twitter and find some stats uh, to lead off my call. So I'll do that. Then I've got a couple of comments about the big upset by little brother. In, up by thirty five, about thirty minutes away, down in Norman. John, some folks uh, that are there's some folks that are getting out of uh, a Kinnick right now for several reasons might have some blurry eyes and blurry ears. They might not fully understand. Iowa State beat Oklahoma in Norman tonight. Thirty eight, thirty one. Iowa State down twenty four to ten, and then outscores the Sooners twenty eight to seven. And a clutch catch by Des Moines native Alan Lazard with 2.08 left to go in the fourth quarter with basically their third-string quarterback going 18 of 24 for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. And Joel Lanning going two ways, being basically a Wildcat quarterback while also playing linebacker. Heck of a uh, win by Iowa State, a statement win that Iowa State's first win on the road against an AP top five team ever in school history. Incredible. And I love the fact that one of the players took the state of Iowa flag and planted it at the OU 50. (laughs) Baker Mayfield, I tweeted you, karma is a female dog, is it not? It is today for that young man, yeah. I was John and Norman when I called into you guys three years ago, could not stand Sooner fan. They worship God and OU football, and you don't know which one is which on a Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. Love the fact that they got trolled, and that's Iowa State only their sixth win ever against OU. Eighty and six, history. John. That's the that's the current mark right now against Oklahoma or for Oklahoma against Iowa State. Eighty wins and six losses after today's upset. And Alan was, and here's another thing. I just saw a George Gerson. I think uh, I might be uh, mistaken, but I saw him on Twitter tweet that Alan Lazard and his father are the only father-son duo that can say that they beat OU in Norman. <laughs> That's Alan a good one. Lazard's father did it in 1990. Uh, and Alan Lazard did it today. So a tip of the cap to little brother. That's that. That's a statement win for Matt Campbell. All right, John. People are screaming at the radio. It's not the Cyclone call-in show. We know you got to take yeah, about well, this Hawkeye I, team. I, wanted, I love the fact that that Baker Mayfield got his come up in. You do it at Ohio State, and then Iowa State does it to you. I loved it. Um, so the the uh, forty was it forty five to sixteen Iowa. Yes, sir. Final. Yep, forty five sixteen. Those final. are the most points by a Hawkeye team at home against Illinois since 1985. Wow. Uh, Also, Akram Wadley has his fourth game with a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. Uh, That's his fourth game with a receiving and rushing touchdown since the start of 2016. That's the second most in the Big Ten, only behind one Saquon Barkley. 
That's pretty good stuff. Saquon Barkley had a rough go of it today against Northwestern. He ended up busting a couple runs, and he got around that 70-yard mark. Uh, and I think you could look at Akram Wadley's day the same way. Kind of rough sledding for Wadley. His longest run was 18 yards out of those 23 carries. But when you end up with 115 yards on the ground, a touchdown on the ground, he also had two catches for 14 yards, including that touchdown. Productive day out of Akram Wadley and your, your best playmaker. Now I'll leave you with one more fact, and then I'll ask Derek a question, and then just leave me on the line so I can hear it. And you bet. It off. Um found this to be interesting. Kirk Ferentz is four wins away from tying the great Hayden Fry as the winningest head coach in Hawkeye football history. That was on the TV today, but I, I didn't. I thought the number was greater than four wins. I was thinking in my head it was a couple seasons he would get there. Do you, do you know the numbers, John? Uh, when I when I saw the tweet, it said that uh, it said that there were four. I'd have to look it up. I think Kirk Ferentz is at one thirty nine. It would be one forty today. I think Hayden Fry is at one forty four, but I could be wrong. I know that he hit two hundred, but that in nineteen ninety three, that that was his uh, entire coaching profession. So. Hmm. Uh, maybe wins in Iowa City we're talking about. Yeah. Or, or not Iowa City, but yeah. at the University in of Iowa, Iowa City. Yeah. I'm not talking about career, just in Iowa City. Just in Iowa City. So the, at the University of Iowa or in Iowa City? At the University of Iowa. Okay. okay. What was your, you had a question for Derek, though, John? Um, I, as a defensive back, uh, I wanted to know what you have been seeing the entire year uh, because I noticed today, especially, that it seemed uh, it seemed like there were plays that Illinois was making in the secondary that were just breakdowns in coverage. And I know that everybody has been saying, "What are we doing with Miles Taylor?" From your perspective, what are you seeing breaking down in the secondary? Uh, and also on the entire defense that you're like, these are the things that they're struggling to actually fix. These are the guys that they're looking into the backfield. They're not they're reading their man or they're not staying in zone or they're getting, they're getting uh, picked apart. What are things that you're seeing where, from a player standpoint, on the screen, you can make us more informed Hawkeye fans where we're like, why did they do that? Is there anything that jumps out at you, Derek? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so here's right. the thing. We are we are a zone defense team. We will play man-to-man coverage. But when we do, typically I don't think we're in a good spot when we play man-to-man coverage. If we are playing man, we're probably blitzing. So we are a And there's always going to be, whether you're playing quarters, thirds, halves, however you're breaking the zone down. And again, when you say quarters, thirds, halves, that's how you're breaking down the defensive backfield. You got it. Yeah, so it yeah. could be a quarter, quarter, half. It could be quarters so across one the guy board. Is, so one guy is responsible for a quarter of the field. One guy is responsible yeah, for you a quarter, and the safety is responsible for the half. You got it. And okay. sometimes even if pending a motion, it might, you make a make an adjustment uh, before the ball snapped, and you roll them quarters or quarter, quarter, half into thirds. So it's all based on formation. But there's always going to be holes in the defense. Right. There's always going to be uh, routes that beat coverages, right? And it is tough to cover those routes. And I think today we just saw it more. Uh, we've seen it happen more often than we did have in other plays or other games in the past. I don't think I can sit here and report a finger at the linebackers like, hey, they're out of place. Was Josie Jewel being too aggressive? And then they're throwing the ball over the top. Like, 
I feel like just today alone, uh, Illinois did a pretty good job of finding those holes uh, in our zone defense. I felt like at the beginning, John, great phone call, buddy. I, I felt like at the beginning of the Michigan State game, it was the same way. Derek Lewerke goes four for four on that opening drive, and he just found the holes. He f- that's And I, I've tried to explain that to people since your knowledge that you've dropped on me, that this is how the defense is, this is how it's set up. The plan is we're going to make you, we're going to make the offense complete the most difficult play in football several times over. That's get a good hike, get a good, or get a good snap to the quarterback. Quarterback has to get off a good pass. Receiver has to make the catch. And you've got to do it in just the right hole. If you're able to do it over and over, you're going to have success against this Hawkeye football team. But it's really difficult. It is. And, yeah. the, and I can tell you this. The, the big plays that we've given up this year, the, the balls that have gone over the top, uh, I remember Iowa State scoring a big one for a touchdown. Like at the end of the day, we, we were in what I'd call a cover zero, meaning we're sending everybody and we're one-on-one with everybody. That's tough as a defensive back. you got about three seconds to get the hmm. ball out because we're sending, when I say we, defense, you're sending yeah, one more yeah. guy than they can actually block. So the ball's got to come out quick. If, if the one guy that's unblocked doesn't get home, quarterback's got all day back there. He can drop a pass anywhere he wants. It, it's easy to beat somebody when it's receiver versus defender. Yeah. You can sit there and complete passes against those guys all day. I've noticed a lot of our breakdowns this year, I feel like it's one of those cover zero. We're in the all-out blitz. And what do you know? Maybe somebody didn't get home, or somebody just gets beat. We saw that today with one of the long plays. We'll get to that. Two eight four. They're a ground ball. Oh, it's an onside kick, and they're chasing it down. And the Hawkeyes are on it. The Hawkeyes are on it. It couldn't have worked out any better. Our special teams expert Ed Podolak drew it up the way he'd like to see it, but we did not expect an onside kick. Let's see. We've got a fake punt for a first down. We've got an onside kick. Got a couple of interceptions. We had like 40 highlights to play from a game today. And I think in sound off, the tone of this show might have been drastically different. But that's why you play four quarters, right? 45-16 win for the Hawkeyes. And we're taking a bunch of phone calls and getting reaction. That's where Adrian joins us. Adrian, thanks for calling Jethro Sound Off here on News Radio 1040 WHO. Hi, Derek. I just read your book. It was really good. I was running. You were a safety. What did you think of Brandon Snyder's play and leadership today? Coming, uh, we got a reader out here. Yeah, Ross, I like it. Yeah, I hope yeah. you enjoyed it, Adrian. Uh, I thought it was great to see him back on the field. Six month return. Um, uh, the, the the interception for a touchdown was really really good, but I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Where if that ball's thrown in the right spot, that that's a touchdown. And then, it, but I don't know uh, defensively if that would have been on Schneider or if somebody had been over top of him. Yeah, uh, I think it was a very poorly. I mean, it, it's one of those interceptions, and I had a few of them. Trust me, where the ball's coming at you, and you have one thing in your head, and you're thinking, "Don't drop this ball," because right, because it's going to hit me in the numbers. It's a gift, right? right. But um, he still made a play on the ball, caught it, took it up the field. It's good to have him back in the defensive backfield. We've had already this this calling show a lot of talk about the safeties yeah um i think hooker in the mix and snyder i think it's a good combination i know it started with gervais or however you say yeah, his name. yeah gervais gervais i'm still kind of confused about it but uh, and, and he made some really good yes, plays week one yeah. where i was like wow that is that is like a teaching tape play where you put that on film and you say to your new your new guys coming in your recruits this is exactly how you do it and um, that's how I felt watching that Wyoming game because we had an eye on him. We all knew that Snyder being gone was he made be a plays. He made he had a really good game in that Wyoming game. It was almost like he the lines just went away. Or maybe is it maybe Derek that he got a little bit 
too comfortable or confident because he started he found himself in some bad spots on a few plays just a week later. He did, and I, I feel like uh, I don't want to use the word exposed, but um, okay. when they played Iowa State, it felt like I guess it's the play I'm watching him chasing receivers, going, "Man, the dude's getting exposed." Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what the exact breakdown was. I haven't seen enough of him. He's right? a young but, kid, and you know that. I mean, you know, playing those first couple games a lot different than playing games yep. ten, fifteen, and twenty. And uh, Hooker, I think, kind of took the spot, made some plays, really has established himself as a safety, and I, I think we have a good. Uh, dual combination of, of players in the in the back end of the field right now. Amani uh, Hooker was getting a lot of love today from uh, from Ed Podolak also, and he had a nice game. Second down and 15. Play fake. George wants to go to the end zone. Lots of time. Has a man open. It's picked off at the goal line. Intercepted at the goal line. A poor throw there. And Amani Hooker circled to the ball and picked it off. The receiver was open in the middle part of the end zone and the ball well underthrown. Yeah, it's like Hooker was almost baiting the throw, too. You know, he didn't get to start today, but he comes up with a big play right there. You've been raving about him since he's gotten on the field earlier this season, Eddie, and he made a big play there. Great game for Imani Hooker. Really nice game for Brandon Snyder to come back. And, uh, and have the performance he did. A lot more phone calls coming up next. I'm sure we're going to talk about Brandon Snyder quite a bit tonight. Uh, I'd love to get into Nate Stanley, get some impressions on what you thought of Nate Stanley's game today. He's kind of been uh, uh, a talking point here for us on Sound Off. We'll roll along next here on Jethro Sound Off on WHO. Mike Dudek, flashy receiver. Oh, a fake punt. Hawkeyes trying to get the first down. They do, and Amani Hooker gets inside the 25 to the 21 for the second week in a row. The Hawkeyes run the fake kick. A field goal looked last week, and today a fake punt. Talk about how this show could have been different if we did a halftime version of it. I think one of the first calls we would have received in a halftime sound off would have been about play calling. Brian Ferentz has been probably the uh, most maligned member of this staff so far this year on sound off here on Jethro Sound Off. And uh, I think he's done a great job. I think the fake field goal, the uh, the fake punt, I'm sorry, the the fourth down conversions we saw today. I love the different wrinkles that we're seeing from this Hawkeye team and uh, all seem to play off or, or pay off today. 284-1040 if you'd like to join the program. That's how Brent found us. Brent says you're on your way home from the game. How was the atmosphere in Kinnick today? Uh, yeah, it was pretty decent, for, you know, given the weather. Um, I just got a couple of questions for, for Derek. You know, I'm a firm believer in playing your best 22 players, and I know it's really hard to, to know what that really means, but uh, I was really pleased that we made some, some slight changes. We know, obviously, with Snyder back in the lineup, and then uh, playing Hooker over, over Taylor. And also, obviously, Tristan Wurst in the line and moving Welsh back inside. Yep. Um, I was also very happy to see Jack Hockaday get some play. <laughs> I, I think he's a guy that really upgrades the uh, Bauer's position. Uh, you know, he came in for Jewel. I wish we could get him in, in maybe a rotation with Bauer. But I think he's a dynamic player like Jewel, and I think that would really upgrade our athleticism in the linebacker spot. Uh, but I want to ask Eric about two things here. First, uh, there's a young freshman safety named Geno Stone, who's looked great on special teams, and he had a nice pick in kind of, kind of in garbage time. Um, I think that's a kid to keep an eye on. Um, but the problem is, if, if Brandon Snyder stays healthy next year, you're, you're probably going to have Snyder and Hooker at the safeties. So is there any chance that Snyder could play Neiman's position? I don't know if he has the height or not. And then my second question is, it seems like 
under under Kirk were always bad coming out of a bye. That next game is always brutal. I, I don't know what our record is, but I bet we're under 500 and we don't play very well. So what's the reason for that? And how, how do you get, how do we get our team ready to play after a bye? Hmm. Boy, lots of stuff that you're throwing at us, Brent. Uh, all right, first of all, Derek, you've got Brandon Snyder. We've talked a lot about him today. What Moving up to linebacker. We, we talked a little bit off the air about that switch between free and strong safety and how that can be – that's a mental challenge also because of the different assignments with that. Moving up to linebacker? Uh, I, I think it's a valid question, okay. and I understand his point. Typically, when you're going to see them safeties, and I, in through my years of playing football, I saw that happen a couple times where safeties went to linebackers. But here's where the problem was: it was, it was that they had too much potential, and maybe he's referring to uh, the Stone Kid, which I know very little about. I'll be honest, but where a player has so much potential, but yet they're backing up somebody. It's a pretty good player. I think that Jack Hockaday probably fits into that. I mean, fantastic linebacker, but. Um, you know, Brent, I'm not sure which one. You, I think you were saying, Brent, you'd like to maybe see him in Neiman's spot from time to time? Oh, uh, well, actually, I was thinking to get, I'm going to say next year, if Snyder stays healthy, can we get Snyder to that outside line I see. where Neiman plays? Because that's a pass coverage position. And then leave Hockaday, and then get, in, the, Hockaday in the middle? Oh, no. We, you know, we, get Stone at, we could have safeties of Stone and Hooker with, with Snyder playing that outside linebacker position. And then. I just like to see Hockaday right now get in the mix at linebacker with Bauer. May rotate Bauer in Bauer, and out. Okay. Bauer just doesn't make enough plays for me. I mean, he, he tries really hard. He's a tough kid, but he's just never there. And I think hmm. if you go back and look at the film, you're going to find out some of those long runs are right up his hole. He's just not not getting there. Where where Jewel has better instinct. He's, and when the ball is snapped, Jewel knows where the ball is going. And I think Hockaday has a lot of those same kinds of characteristics. If we could get both. Hockaday. I see what you're saying there, Brent. The okay. We might be better. Well, I think we're never going to see Snyder move position to, to take so us either. back a step again. We're never going to see him move, but here's the thing. If you got some talent behind him, a nice thing about them safeties that can back up, they can still be utilized on the field third downs. Nickel defenses, dime defenses, where you're taking out maybe one or, one or two of your slower linebackers, and you're replacing them with this, with which could be even an oversized safety that's not yeah. playing linebackers. And, and they bring more speed into those coverages where you have three, four wide receivers as opposed to two running backs, a tight end, and uh, two wide receivers. So uh, if they got the talent, here's the thing. Phil Parker's going to find a way to put them on the field. The other question he asked uh, is one of these cliches that we hear a lot, You know that Ferentz seems to coach to his competition. Um, and the other one is that they're just not that good after bye weeks. There seems to be a lull. Can you explain that at all from a, from the locker room perspective? I, I, is it the week off? Well, you have a, so you have two you have two weeks between Saturday from Saturday to Saturday two weeks to, to prep for your next team. But f- from traditionally speaking, that first that bye week you are not spent in preparation for your. For Northwestern, they're be, not going to be. You got it, it okay. man. So from yeah. now until Saturday, next Saturday, they're probably. It's just going to be bad. It's going to be almost like training camp all over again, except one practice a day. And you will give some of your players a little bit of a time to rest, and some of those backups a chance to kind of step up and in and ultimately mid season make a name for themselves on the team yeah. or maybe solidify themselves a spot as a backup or somewhere on special teams. It's good for rest. But here's the thing: I hated bye weeks. Uh, because you're still strapping pads on, you're it's midseason. You're beat up, and it, I wish it was more of a time for rest. But it, in coaches' eyes, it was always in, in the NFL too. It was a time to move forward. But um, 
I, I can't explain the, the the coming back on a you know a little bit slower than you'd think. Hey, you're coming off a bye week. Now is the time you're going to come back on the field, roaring, ready to go. But there's a lot of contact and time rust. And, you got it, yeah. man. And putting them pads back on, and, and you, you're not getting healed. Your body isn't healing. Your sore elbows, Makes your ankles sense. in two weeks or even a week off. Yeah. Brent, those answer your questions, man. Yeah, yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thanks a lot Thanks, for the Brent. phone call. Very much appreciate it. Let's move to Logan, who's calling in from Cedar Falls. Hey, Logan, how are you tonight? Good. What do you want to share with us, Logan? Um, I have a question for Derek Bevel. Okay. He's here, so that's a good guy to ask a question to. Um, hey, Derek, this is Logan Menken, the Wheel 25. I was wondering uh, how you thought about the QB play today. About the, the quarterback play today, Logan? Is that what you wanted to ask about? Yes. Nate Stanley. You know Logan? I referenced Logan. I don't call him Logan. I call him number 25. Oh, okay. Because I was number 25 at Iowa, and this is... Uh, a very close family to me, oh, Logan. Okay. So he's All the right. new number twenty-five out of Carroll, Iowa. I Lucky think he's man, just in fifth or sixth grade right now, but he's working his way up the ranks, and he has uh, dreams of playing at the University of Iowa and into the NFL someday. Well, good luck, Logan. We're, we're pulling for you, man. You got a good, uh, you got a good role model here in Derek. At least I think so. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I, I thought. Um, what do you think of Nate Stanley today? So much of our offense is just ball control. You know, I feel like not eliminating turnovers and things of that nature. We, we, we did turn it over, but uh, Stanley, I, I wish we would just throw it downfield a little bit more. I even, feel though, like a, even though those passes, he, he, they've overthrown them, I'm with you. I think that that's a huge part. The game plan, it's still calling for those. I like it. Right, but they're they're never underthrown. And like, let's watch Sunday football a little bit. How many times is a ball underthrown, maybe to the sideline, and a receiver comes back and can make the catch? When you're a defender running, covering those vertical routes, it is impossible, and I don't care what the rules say, a face guard. It's impossible to be running vertical and turn your head back when that ball's laid out there. So sometimes even if you underthrow him, and I think he did last week against Michigan State, like, hey, you finally underthrew a route, and it was completed. But we see the overthrows quite often. Um, I'd like to see the, the underthrow a little bit where you, you bring him back because it's easy That's for good. that receiver to adjust because he's running and looking. The defender's just trying to avoid a, a catch by the receiver. We have a few open lines right now. Anthony, AJ, stay on hold. We're going to get to you before the top of the day. You know, we won that game in Ames, and I, I was there, and I we still have that on them for another year, so that's all good. But just just be excited to be that. And, uh, hey, Pagel, I live in Clear Lake. I got a ton of uh, Nashville Plainfield friends, so uh, good here in the radio, buddy. And uh, you do an awesome job with Ross. So, uh, I appreciate that. I it's got. fun being in here. That's all I got. So you guys have a great day and uh, go Hawks number one and uh, props to the clones. They they pulled the they pulled a, a game changer today. So that's all I got. Have a good day. Guys. And I will tell Bye. you, this is a first. AJ, thank you so much for the phone call. That is absolutely a first. That's two times in one hour. In this inside the same hour, we got two phone calls from diehard Hawkeye fans that said, "Way to go, clones!" That don't happen, <laughs> Ross. Let's flip the let's flip the script once. Yeah. What, if you switch the scenario, so let's just say the Penn State game was during the day, Iowa State's playing at night. We deflect that last pass in the end zone and win. Mm-hmm. It gets announced in Jack Trice. What is the reaction? Or is it silence? Is it booze? You know, and I spent enough time as a fan inside of Kinnick. You probably don't remember this because you had a helmet on and you were, you know, focused on the game. 
I'm not shocked by that, that they would announce that Iowa State had the biggest win in program history. No, that's not a knock. It's the biggest win in Iowa State's program history. I'm not surprised at all that most Hawkeye fans would be like, so what? <laughs> right. So what? We already, yeah, we we already vanquished that team. Why do we don't care about Don't want to celebrate guys? that today. Celebrate the homecoming win if you're a Hawk fan. 45-16, to 16, big win for those uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. 284-1040 is the phone number. You can reach us here on Jethro's Sound Off. A lot of phone lines open right now. I think we're probably, uh, you know, this show's kind of like leaving Kinnick Stadium. It takes about 45 minutes to really get going, to really get on the road. I expect the phone lines to light up any minute. Two eight four ten forty is where Eric finds us from Grinnell. What's up, Eric? Eric, are hey. you there? How are you, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, wanted to talk about Stanley quick. Okay. So, as my career in Iowa City and then in Des Moines, every single time Iowa's been good, we've had a quarterback that has had incredible moxie, incredible just pocket presence. And I don't see it with Sam. I don't see it. And I love to get Peggle's take, you know, playing in the nineties with some quarterbacks that were not necessarily the greatest quarterbacks. I love to hear what he has to say. Appreciate the phone call, Eric. Um I've been pretty impressed with Nate Stanley, Derek. I think that there if if Eric's saying Eric's looking at the successful quarterbacks at Iowa and saying, man, they had a presence about them. They had moxie was the word he used. I think, there's, I think I'll agree with that. I mean, Drew Tate had some confidence. Uh, I would say even, uh, you know, CJ carried himself with, with a little bit of swagger. He did. I think that a small difference between in CJ, I never thought it would go in the third round, right? Third round draft pick, backup quarterback. 49ers, good for him. That's awesome. It's yeah. good to see former Hawks going on and, and doing that in, at that level. I feel like Stanley has better pocket presence, better awareness in the pocket than Beathard did. Sometimes I thought Beathard got, if he got pressured, man, he I felt like the wheels just started spinning in his head and he didn't know which direction to run, turn his shoulders, look, and throw. And I feel like Stanley does a little bit better job of that in the pocket itself. Throwing the ball, um, on a line or a leading receiver, Stanley read, uh, led a tight end across the middle today. It's just yeah, a I think perfect. It was, uh, pass. Maybe that was the Hawkinson catch. Yeah, the, with the slant, that was a great. Well, no, it, it, well, the touchdown was to uh, uh, to Matt Vandenberg. He had a few of them. Yes, yeah. and that's not exactly the plan. But it, was, it was just a five yard little dump across the middle. But man, the the tight end did not break a stride right on target. Didn't have to turn for it. Caught it. Got upfield. Uh, it's my only problem with the Stanley thing is I just want to see some of them longer uh, vertical routes, sideline throws. All of us, right? Because those put points on the board, especially when you're midfield and you throw one of those, or even at the thirty to the forty. It's tough playing defensive back. You think like, oh, we got them at their own thirty, and I'm a safety. I got all this field behind me. We can play defense all day. Well, here's the thing: it's a lot of pressure back there playing defense because there's so much room behind you to give up big plays. So, uh, I would like to see some of them vertical sideline routes. Uh, get thrown, get caught a little bit more often. I think that would add a element to our offense that we 100%. currently don't have. Absolutely. Okay, so as a defender, explain this to me. that They were talking earlier, and I can't remember, I'm sorry if this was John Miller from HawkeyeNation.com on Twitter, or maybe it was Ed who mentioned this during the broadcast. We're absorbing a lot of stuff as we're sitting here during the game. But somebody pointed out 
that on those vertical routes, he's always getting that five to seven yard overthrow. But when they incorporate a slant, and now he's hitting a moving target, not just a target that's running away from him, his completion percentage is so much higher. But it would seem that with the way you just described that, those passes are so much easier to defend for the for the secondary. World famous ribs on two. Ready? Break. Down. Set. Jethro's. Jethro's. Hot, hot. Jethro's Barbecue, your game day tailgate headquarters. Jethro's Barbecue voted best barbecue in Des Moines. Best wings in Des Moines. Best nachos in Des Moines. Jethro's Barbecue, y'all come for the football and stay for the party. Jethro's Barbecue featuring world famous slow smoked ribs. Jethro's Barbecue, six convenient metro locations and now open in Ames, 1301 Buckeye Avenue, just off Duff. 